after that praise and worship, we can go home, right? Who needs a message? Wow, Pastor In Song, praise and worship team, that was awesome. Don't you agree? My name is uh, Pastor Danny, that's Pastor In Song. We are the two singing pastors of CCF LA. Okay? So, you know, if he's that well in singing, you should hear me one of these days. Anyway, happy anniversary, CCF LA. The more, the manier. Okay? The more, the manier. Happy anniversary. Oh, thank you. Oh, there's no truth to the rumor that I really coincided my birthday with the anniversary, okay? It's just a coincidence. But anyway, what are anniversaries for? Those of you who have just uh, celebrated your wedding anniversaries, what are anniversaries for? There are schools that my alma mater, they are, they are celebrating their sesquicentennial, whatever that is. 150 years of anniversary. Very old school. And of course, there's CCF. Okay? What are anniversaries for? Have you ever stopped and wondered why people celebrate anniversaries? Well, I guess it's, some, it's, it's, it's something that will remind ourselves of the reason why we exist and why we continue to exist, right? You know, I, I was reminded of, uh, of couples who just celebrated their 50th wedding anniversary. Mommy, Daddy, how many years have you been married? 59, you see? Wow. My mother-in-law has a plaster here because my father-in-law kissed her this morning so bad, okay? Right? You know, after the anniversary, there was this couple who said to each other, you know, uh, hey, you know, we've had such a good 50 years together. And somebody approached them and said, what is the secret of your success? And the man proudly said, you know, I simply try to be selfless. After all, there is no I in the word marriage. And then the woman spoke in right away. For my part, you know, I don't try to correct the spelling of my husband. And then, on the other hand, there was this 50-year you know, uh, anniversary for this couple. And it's the exact opposite and the reverse of the other. You know, after the festivity, after the celebration, the woman said to the man, you know, this is not working, honey. Every year we've been fighting. Every year we just disagree. We never agree on anything. I think it's about time to do something about this. You know what? And I committed to God. I will pray to God that God will do something and fix this marriage. I pray to God that one of us will go home and God will take one of us home. And when God answers our prayer, the wife said, I will live in Manila with my sister. Hello, good morning, happy anniversary. I'm just so happy to be here. And really, as I was singing, God has been so good. You know, two years ago, uh, my brother Edwin Cison uh, told me as we were, because I, we've been here in the U.S. for like six years now, and since the time we came and arrived, we started the Bible study already. From Manila, I was asked to start a Bible study group, and we did. But, you know, for, for four years, uh, we did not do anything except go from one church to another and help other churches. Until one day, 
our brother Edwin said, Pastor Dan, I think it's about time that we start CCF. I said, you don't know what you're talking about, man. I said, you, you got to be kidding me. Please, take it, out, take it out of your vocabulary, okay? I'm not going to do anything until God sends a very clear, I guess, direction or a clear message that he wants to start CCFLA. And that was the end of the story. And I think two years ago, um, Pastor Song and his family came to America. And those of you who don't know the story of Pastor Song, you will just marvel at the power and the goodness of God. Little did I know, little did we know, that that was God's answer to our prayer to start CCFLA. I never wanted to start anything because it's beyond me. And when God said, hey, Pastor Song is here. You know, Pastor Song is the best praise and worship pastor of CCF Manila. Okay? And for him to be sent here, that was amazing. Pastor Peter Tanchi would not let him go. Believe me. He's, he's good players. Why will he let him go? Every time his good players want to go to the U.S., what do you know what he will say? Like me, when I was going to America, I said, Pastor Peter, I'm going to America. You're making, making a big mistake. You're going to the land of Sodom and Gomorrah. He said, <laughs> I said, Pastor, uh, I cannot do anything. The same thing with Pastor Insong. You know, Pastor Insong is an American citizen without being born here, without living here. Can you believe that? Right? He was able to get his passport, and little did we know that, that reason, the reason for that passport and that, that citizenship was for, for the treatment of, of, of Lynette. Lynette, as you know, has an end stage renal, whatever, failure. And, and the only solution is to be here in the U.S. And when that happened, and we were in the hospital, we were looking at each other. Pastor Insong, you're here. Pastor Dan, you're here. What are we going to do? Well, I think we should do what we were trained to do. And the reason why we're here is because of the Great Commission. I will not be here. I, I, I don't dream. I've never dreamt of being a Bible teacher or a pastor. But because of the Great Commission, things happen the way they happen. Why are we here? CCFLA mission or purpose statement. Why CCF Los Angeles exists? Or why CCF Manila exists? Or for that matter, why the Church of God exists? Not even CCF, not even any, but just the Church of God. It is because we are here to make loving, committed followers of Christ who will make loving, committed followers of Christ to the third and the fourth generation in obedience to the Great Commission. The songs we sang are all pictures of what we desire in our heart. We want something great to happen to this city, to the second, to the third, and the fourth generation. And that's not going to happen without us being committed to the Great Commission. And the Great Commission is found in Matthew 28, 18 to 20. Can we read this together, please? To remind ourselves of why we exist. And Jesus...
That's the Great Commission. And you know, this is, this is commission, not commission of asking money, okay? But it is the order, the wish of Jesus. You know, when, before Jesus ascended into heaven, when you are leaving earth, when you are dying, there is usually the last will that you want to happen to the people you will leave behind. And this is exactly what Jesus left his disciples. That's why it's called the Great Commission. It's our mission. This is exactly what God, what Jesus had in mind. Why you and I were saved. You and I were saved not just to go to heaven. Okay? Pastor Edmund said, not transportation, meaning to get us to heaven, but for transformation. And this is what the Great Commission is all about. And now my question to us is this. Has God been good to CSF LA over the last two years? In spite of your pastors? <laughs> Can you imagine? We've been moving from place to place in the last five years. We've had five places already. And I praise God for you wherever we go. You're there. And by the way, we're moving again. <laughs> okay, like the wandering in the desert. We will be moving from one place to another because what's important is the presence of God with us wherever we go. Amen? It doesn't matter where. The venue next week is Lancaster, okay? <laughs> Just kidding. You know what? This, I believe God's presence has made all the difference for us. Pastor Song, I believe that in my heart, in spite of us. I haven't sung yet, okay? It made all the difference as His great commission continues to be our passion, our guiding purpose and reason for being. Like I told you, I will not be here if Pastor Peter did not obey the Great Commission. By the way, Pastor Peter is coming, okay? Pastor Peter, by the way, is the senior pastor, founding pastor of CCF Manila. And he was the one who shared the gospel with us. Pastor, me, myself, and Pastor Inzong, he discipled us. He's coming on August 12, okay? He will be our speaker, right? So we will make it big, invite some people, and we will bring... Um, everybody here so that they will know what uh, God has been telling him for the last 20, how many years now in CCF? 20, 29? Okay, 29 years, okay? And it will be a blessing to, for, for, for him and his wife to be here with us. But the, God's presence has made all the difference. And you know, I don't, want, I don't want to keep on saying things just from my own testimony. I'd rather have you people share the beauty and the value of the Great Commission in your lives. And I'd like to ask people, at least there are five people who will share their testimony this morning, and I would like it to be a celebration so that you will know that the Great Commission has value and impact in our lives as it did for us. The first one, of course, is um, my brother Edwin. Edwin Season, I'd like you to come up here. Edwin is the guy who, who told me, Pastor, why don't we start CCFLA? And the reason why CCF LA got started was because he was pushing and pushing, and I think we should uh, encourage him for his passion to start something. And then we will have Dion, and then we will have Denise, and then we will have Tessa, and then we will have, finally, last but not the least, George. Okay? You will hear five of our brothers declare the, the value of discipleship and the Great Commission in their lives.
It's me. Hello. 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 Maayong buntag sa inyong tanan. This is a Cebuano service, right? I am Edwin Sison. Most of you know my wife, Elaine, at the back. Um, Ethan at the uh, uh, thing, and uh, our special child, Eliza. I came to know the Lord back in August of 2004. Just like a little child full of energy, eager to play his new toy, I was also eager to learn and know more about the Bible. My wife and I started going to a Bible study every week. I can remember back then, I was so full of excitement that I wanted to really share what I just learned. But as time goes by, the Bible study to me just became rituals, just like, a ch just like going to church on Sundays. And at times, I even lose interest in going. Even though I was supposed to be a Christian already, my personal problem seems to still linger around. I have had issues with my temper, and cussing for me seemed to be natural, and I couldn't care less what people think of me. Everything looked so good on the outside. Friends and family wouldn't even find a hint that there is a real issue in our marriage. My marriage was in jeopardy. I still have a lot of unresolved issues with my wife when it comes to communication and patience. I get frustrated every time she shuts me off. When my wife feels upset or angry at me, she, gets, she stays quiet and that really annoys me. I am the type of person who if you have issues with me, you better talk and say something and don't just stay quiet. You see, the more she stays quiet, the more I get irritated and frustrated. It drove me nuts. There were definitely more good times than bad times, but every time bad things happen, the severity of my anger just keeps on going high. Then I started thinking to myself, this marriage is not really for me. I asked myself, what am I doing here? I am starting to feels to have some doubts. This is how I believe or behave even though I was already attending Sunday service and Bible study. We met Pastor Danny and Sister, Sister Grace back in April 2006 during a Bible study in Alhambra. Later that Bible study turned to discipleship. At first it was very uncomfortable to say the least. You see, during one of the sessions of a couple discipleship, we were asked, or we were given a task to talk to our spouse and ask if there were still something that is not Christ-like with us. That is during our breakout group. After all, who knows us better than our spouse? That night, the Bible study ended at 10 p.m. But because of the task at hand, my wife, did not want to wait until the following day to talk about it. We did not get to sleep until around 3 a.m. 
We were both able to share things that were difficult to swallow. That night, I understood why my wife had a difficult time opening up with me when there's a problem. That night, I just listened and took it like a real man. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> I just really listened and did not comment, nor did I react, but respect what she had to say. That was one of the turning points of our relationship. Discipleship made a huge impact in my relationship with my wife. It made me a better husband, a better father, and a better Christian. Ephesians 5.25 says, Husband, love your wives just as Christ loved the church and gave himself up for her. 1 Peter 3.7, You husbands likewise live with your wives in an understanding way as a weaker vessel since she is a woman and grant her honor as fellow heir of the grace of life so that your prayers may not be hindered. The trials and challenges in life is inevitable while we are still in this fallen world. But one thing is certain. I have a God who never leaves me nor forsake me. His power works best in weakness. And I have a family of believers in our discipleship group who continue to groom us and help us walk in our everyday walk with the Lord. I give glory and honor to our Almighty God, to whom alone made all things possible in my life. Thank you. Dion? Dion is my youngest son. As you can see, he looks like me. And I just would like you to appreciate the value of being discipled and discipling other people. Hello. Um, I was asked by my dad to share the value of discipleship, but I really had a hard time figuring out which area I was supposed to share because the whole spectrum of it was, was really wide, so I didn't really exactly know where to start. But um, discipleship came to me at a very young age. Uh, I grew up at church, literally... Um, teacher Pao was my teacher for about five years of my life. And then after that, I, I jumped into the youth, not knowing what I was going to expect. Um, I lived my faith based on my parents, so I woke up every Sunday, not because I wanted to go, but because they forced me. So when I jumped into the whole discipleship, I had no idea what was it about, what was that whole thing about. So I just went with it. Um, and because I was, I started with the youth, I became really active, so that became my, my comfort zone. For a couple of years, it was sort of a wellspring for my faith to grow. But at the same time, being in that zone made me realize that I wasn't really growing. And then when we moved six years ago, I was proud. I was um, leaning onto my own abilities that I could be fine without having a group, having a group of you know, people to grow um, in Christ with. But um, when we started here, I really had no group, so it took us about four or five years to actually start. And then just recently, it was about 
four months ago that we started our, our I guess the, the young guys minus Mike group, but um, Mike Yell. Um, but it, it it was a it was a it took a while for us to push through because it was for some of us it was a new idea, but slowly it began to. I guess snowball effect because once we started opening opening it up with each other with our problems and our struggles it just goes to show how much there's space for Christ to fill in the gaps between our lives um with the group there's really no room what what I what I tell them um when we meet is that there's really no room for judgment because each of our lives were made differently and we have our own flaws and the only room that we have is for Christ and encouragement. And I guess um, one verse that sums it all up is um, Proverbs 27:17, As iron sharpens iron, so does one man sharpens another. So in the end, it, it doesn't really, it's not an ending process because I have this group that I am with, the same with my age, and I also have Pastor Insong who is discipling me. So it kind of goes like an L shape. There's one above you, and then there's one with your level. And you can't really compare that to just being in Sunday because, honestly, us guys, we spend like three hours, but our attention span is like 15 minutes. So after the opening prayer, we're gone. And um, the, the weekly discipleship we have is an outlet for us to actually just be in our zone that we can express ourselves in a way that we can... Um, I guess put ourselves in the message because on Sundays it can be broad and vague but when it comes to our groups on we meet usually on Thursdays and Fridays we really appreciate how the message comes to us in our personal ways and, on, and with that we, um, I guess we have a safety net among each other and it's, it, it gets tough but after a while we get used to it like knowing if there's one problem Automatically, we just go to my our group, and Atito and Song, and automatically it just follows through, and it's just a good feeling to have that people, you know, with you when you're struggling or having a difficult time. Also, at the same time, if you're having triumphs and victory, it's also a good outlet to you to share that joy. And I guess it's just, you know, we don't re—I I didn't realize it until my comfort zone was taken away, that the group I had wasn't. It was good, but then once it was taken away, you know, I really had nothing. I was just pretty much floating. But in the end, it, it really helps, you know, in growing within, growing intimate with God because it, we keep each other at check. Like every week we switch partners. Like I would have Nate. Next week I would have Mike. And then it's just a constant really push if nothing is going on, you know. And then I guess that's itself is a blessing. And then it really helps us grow in a way um, and I guess I really encourage you to you know be part of one um, sometimes it might not be the right one but sometimes you know it just needs a couple of switching around and then to get the right people but then I guess it works so, yeah. thank you please By the way, it's my dad's birthday today, so give him a big hug later if you can. My name's Denise, um, my brother, my dad, and we're all here. 
So here's my story. <laughs> I grew up in a Christian home. Church was all I've ever known, and Jesus was a constant subject at home. In Sunday school and everywhere else, it was always what we were talking about. I grew up being surrounded by Christians, and soon everyone in my circle was a believer. I started serving in the youth ministry and met all my closest and longest childhood friends there. The ministry was awesome. I enjoyed serving, got discipled, and later on also started discipling young girls. I was fine. I was happy. I felt like I was exactly where God wanted me to be. I was, I was so on fire for him. I mean, how can I not be, right? I was glorifying him. Or so I thought. Six years ago, my whole world stopped and my life changed. My parents had decided to move the whole family here in the U.S. I was so confused, I was in denial, and then later on angry for having to put my life on hold and leave everything I have, I have and know to a place so, so foreign. I couldn't understand why the Lord allowed me to leave the comforts of home to step into this land. But Lord, I was serving you. Why are you punishing me? Was always the question my immature heart would ask him. Missing family was hard. Missing friends got tough. But it was missing ministry that was the hardest part for me. There will be no other place like church, my home church in Manila. I felt so lonely here and longed for the company of my Christian friends. I felt so miserable having to disconnect from something that gave me so much joy. Soon after, the effects of being a new immigrant took its toll on me. I became so lonely and depressed when I moved here. I didn't want to make new friends. I chose to stay home and lock myself in my room and stay there for hours. I had no desire to experience what the American life would be because to me, it could never replace the life I had back in Manila. I started to feel bitter about my circumstance and took that feeling out to my parents. Sorry. <laughs> Sorry. Um, I remember the countless arguments and scream fests that we had at that time. I didn't admit it, but I later realized that I was indirectly blaming them for taking away the great and fulfilled life I used to have in Manila. Soon after that, as what America tends to do to most people, high materialism kicked in. I had become what the American market desires us to all be, an ultimate consumer. I felt that since America has given me so much more than what I had before, I would disguise it as a blessing and use it as a momentary release to what I was going through. I would buy things, shop till I dropped, and did anything I wanted to do. My heart had become so proud. You brought me here, huh? Now let me take full control from now on, is what I would scream at the Lord every time he tugged my heart. I had become a totally different person. Even I could hardly recognize myself. Even after all the makeup has been washed off my face, I still didn't know who that girl was in front of the mirror. The joy that I once had was completely sucked out of me. I wasn't happy with the person I was becoming, so I decided to go back to the one source of joy that I have known my whole life, Jesus. I had been part of a church for nearly four years before this church, even being part of their dance team for a while. I thought that being involved in ministry again would bring back the desire and fire for the Lord. I was so wrong. You see, I've learned that while being planted in a church is great, it's a great, great thing, it is definitely not enough. What I realized about just going through the motions of church activities is that it just keeps you busy. 
But like all things that solely keeps us occupied, you eventually get tired of the same thing over and over again until you realize that you are back to where you started. Two years ago, by God's grace, CCFLA started. I felt so excited to be part of this house because I was sure that it would be almost like the same environment I once had in Manila. Again, I realized that being planted is not the same as growing. God is after my growth. He designed me for growth. That's what his intention is for me. And that's when I realized that I had this equation all wrong. I was getting tired again, burned out and lonely, even in the presence of a Christian environment because I was using ministry as a band-aid so my real issues would not surface. I was doing it more for my benefit, to feel good about myself, to feel God again, to feel that fire again, than it was for the Lord. I was replacing ministry for real, genuine growth. Early this year, Teacher Pao, she's not here, I think she's doing Sunday school, approached me and opened up the possibility of starting a single women's discipleship group. I was so excited and jumped at the thought of it, but was also a tad hesitant to fully commit. Somehow the Lord was prompting me to follow his lead and let go of the reins this time. After all, discipleship is what this church stands for. Because I changed so much over the years, I wasn't so sure anymore how it would feel like to go back to being discipled. Even if it was something so normal and natural for me before. I wasn't sure if I, if I was also willing to give up time from my busy schedule. Excuses. Um, today, I stand here before you guys humbled, realizing that the only person who can really soften a heart and callous heart is the one who created and gave it all for you and for me. It's Jesus. It wouldn't hurt, though, to have people who will stand by your side and journey with you through it. My D group... Charles here, Bess is not here, there's some who are not here. Teacher Pao and Uncle Philip um, has brought back the meaning of true discipleship for me. Oh, how I've missed it. It is really here that the real issues get to be exposed, discussed, and dealt with, and this is where true unbiased encouragement happens. It is such a great feeling to be part of a group who really cares for you, prays for you, and rebukes you to make sure that you are walking in the path that the Lord wills for you. This has truly become a sisterhood founded in the Lord's promises. I could not ask for more. He did not only give me spiritual sisters, he also gave me a warrior chick so I can, that I can really be accountable to. Again, it is not enough to be planted in this house. It is more important to bloom where you are planted. And the blooming only happens once growth takes place. And for me, I just know that nothing is more important and more genuine than growth. And the desire I had to grow was completely magnified through the D group. The Lord will always be after my growth. And because he does, he sent people my way to help me achieve just that. Now I can honestly say that the joy has been slowly restored. I praise God for my D group. I love you girls. <laughs> and thank you, Jesus, for being the best model of discipleship ever. The value of having some people to pray with, to be accountable with, to be disciples. Tessa? Tessa has been with us for less than a year. Yeah, so hear from someone who's new.
Good morning. My name is Tessa Andrada, and um, I would like to share my story with you. As uh, Pastor Danny said, I, was, I just started joining um, discipleship in February. Since I was a child, first I have to tell you a story, because, you know, so you know my background. Since I was a child, I have known about God and His love for us, but I did not really take it seriously. I lived a life that was not according to His ways. Yet, I, was, I will always go through the motions of asking God's forgiveness and mercy. I knew that Jesus Christ died for my sins, but that I did not realize that every time I sinned, I always nailed him on the cross over and over again. Even if I was unfaithful to God, he remained faithful to me. This be- became very true to me in, 19- in 2010 when we lost our house and had- I had to file for bankruptcy. I lifted up my burden to our Heavenly Father, and that's when I truly realized Then I went, when I completely surrendered everything to Him. That's when I felt His presence. Indeed, His grace is sufficient for me. God's grace is sufficient because during those trying times, He prevailed because I experienced peace and joy in the midst of that tough time. It is written in 2 Corinthians 2, chapter 12 verse 9 but he said to me my grace is sufficient for you for my power is made perfect in weakness therefore I will boast all the more gladly about my weaknesses so that Christ's power may rest on me so that's what I felt even though I was really troubled I was still rested in Jesus Christ because even through those trying times I was at peace like Denise said you know you had the joy even though you, you know, you're wondering where that joy is coming from. And that the important thing is it's Jesus Christ. In 2010, I began to thirst for something more in my spiritual life. I felt that something was missing in my relationship with God. That's when I met my husband, Gail. That was also the time when I realized that what was missing in my life was spending more time with God, reading his words so that I, I could get to know Jesus more personally and intimately. In 2011, I became fully aware of the need to answer Jesus Christ knocking in my heart, and I prayed to Jesus Christ, asking him to forgive me for all my sins and thanked him for dying on the cross for my sins. I asked Jesus to come into my heart, and not just as my Savior, but also as my Lord. After that time, Gil and I started reading the Bible, and we started to pray together and continued with my daily devotions. In February 2012, finally, I started attending the Discipleship and Bible Study Fellowship every Tuesday in West Covina. Worship on Sundays together with Discipleship gave me and still gives me the opportunity to learn more about the Word of God, getting to know our Heavenly Father and Jesus Christ even more. I was blessed because I had the opportunity to attend the Intimacy with God series here at CCFLA, and because of this, I am becoming more sensitive to the promptings of the Holy Spirit and more conscious of doing things that is pleasing to God, which were things that I used to take for granted. And there were times, you know, because of discipleship, that's when I was, uh, became so conscious of God's presence in my life. My, you know, my, we call our group, you know, the, uh, the girls like Susan, Christine, Raquel, we you know, we talk about things that happened, you know, the past week, how we see, how, how we were affected, and 
we came to like witness in our personal lives, in our own lives, how God is working to us. One time, um, this is for me totally surrendering to God. When Gil's brother called and needed help, you know, we, we were on a budget, and, you know, at that time, Gil and I were talking, and I, we, at first, I go, no, but we, you know, we're, we, ha- we don't have enough funds, you know. And then um, we hang up, and then I prayed, you know, and I said, Heavenly Father, I think we, you know, we need to help his brother, but, you know, where, where can we get, you know, this funds? But then, you know, in the end, I said, okay, Heavenly Father, I'll just, you know, I, I'll trust you, because he, the right thing to do really is help his brother, you know. And so I called Gil and I said, let's go ahead and, you know, you know, just to tell, share, share something, a little of what we have with this brother. And so um, a few minutes later, 30 minutes later, I was called for my evaluation. And then, you know, uh, this was really totally so surprising because then, uh, totally unexpected, my boss said, you know, you're getting a bonus. And I'm like, Okay, you know, everybody at work, we're always talking about, no, this evaluation is not good this year. Nobody got anything. So when, when that happened, I called Gil right away, you know, and I said, guess what? And I said, he goes, uh, yes, and I said, you know, um, I'm getting a small bonus. So, you know, like, for me, God right away answered that prayer. For me, it was uh, just, and then I shared that right away, of course, with, you know, my, my, my husband. Not with my D-group, but I don't think any, I told anybody about that. You know, because to me, that was like, um, with Gail, I shared it to him, and I said, you know, this is God really working in our lives, you know. And so, and that's what he said, and so, you know, we, we prayed and thanked God for that. And another thing, um, I'm just talking about the things that happened, because um, when I share with my group, there were times when, like my husband, I have a problem with submitting, and um, that's one of the things that I've always shared with my D group, because I need a lot of work on that. And um, we, we just, our marriage that just got left uh, two weeks ago. And that's something that I vowed, not just, you know, to my husband, but along the most important person, which is God. And that's a lot of the most, the biggest thing that my D group knows about me. And God continually works in my life, you know, trying to teach me submission. And um, one of the most... Um, the, the one story that really happened, like, just a week and within a week, because I prayed to God, God, give me the, the grace, you know, to, to submit to my husband. And so um, in a one week, he, he was giving me these lessons, which I was ignoring until Pastor Nate gave his uh, uh, talk. You know, he, he talked to us, and that's when I just realized, oh, that's, that's about God. If it were the Old you know, Testament, I would have been dead by now. Because, you know, like there were, there were things that happened. Like um, just simply, you know, my husband said, no, we're not buying the car because it's, it's an old car. It will be, you know, it will give us problems. And, of course, me, I want, you know, no, we need this. And I keep on fighting. The car broke down, and then it wouldn't start. But still for me, yeah, we need this car. And then last, the, day be- the night before worship, my husband said, okay, save these things, you know, don't erase anything in the computer. Just do like I tell you, you know. And so I said, okay, but then here I am, okay, I know this, erase, erase, erase. And then I erased the whole iTunes, you know, his library of songs. And I'm like, when, I, when, I, when that happened, I, I was quiet. And he goes, oh, how's it going along? He was watching TV and I'm like, it's okay. But I'm like, oh, how do I get this back? But it was gone. 
And I was like, okay, I don't know how to tell him because that was me, really, you know. That was my fault. It's like he told me not to do anything but just do this, erase this. And, of course, me pretending I know everything just did that. And I did not know how to tell him, you know. So I was, I'm praying to God. I'm like, God, I know I'm really sorry. I know it's my fault. But, you know, how do I tell him now? And so when I told him, it just amazed me because, I know he would have been really, if it was like a normal, everyday thing, he would be like, I would be running away from him, just because I know it's my fault. But you know, that really surprised me, because at first he was mad, of, of, he, but he didn't shout or anything, but he goes, what did I tell you? And I'm like, not to erase any, just erase the ones that you told me to. And then he, he left, you know, and he just went to the living room, and then he came back, and then he just said, Maybe you can do something. And that really surprised me when he said, you know, he was calm. Because, you know, that was his love, his iTunes, his iPhone. That's his, like, his life. Well, aside from God, of course. But what I mean is, you know, that's aside from he just that's just really, you know, really his important thing to him. So, and that, you know, when that happened, it's like to me, it's like I should have listened. And I said, God... This is how you teach me, really. It's like he brings it all to you all at once, you know. Like you ask for it, so he'll until I guess until you really learn, you know. That's when that's what that's when you um, it comes to you, you know. I'm I'm not saying that I'm perfect now, of course. That's far from truth. I'm still a sinner, but um, I believe that when um, when you give it, you know, you surrender to God. Eventually, you you'll be more Christ-like. And um, I believe that one of the most important things that I've learned from Pastor Danny, well, God really using Pastor Danny, is that the, the truth does not change lives, but that truth applies change lives. Because, like, the, and this is where discipleship ca- came in for me, because this is when we, um, we talk about, you know, like, do you, you get accountable for what you want to, you know, accomplish to be more Christ-like. So, like I said, I'm still a sinner, but I am confident in the promise of God in 1 John 1.9 that if we confess our sins, he is faithful and just and will forgive us our sins and purify us from all unrighteousness so that um, I am learning not to put God now in a box or confine him to a schedule because now I'm constantly talking to him. You know, with with, um, God's presence series, you know, intimacy with God, that's what I've learned to communicate with him a lot. As along with my D group, you know, we constantly, you know, teach each other. I learned from Raquel and Susan and Christine that anytime, you know, you can just talk to him. Like anywhere you are, 24-7, that I learned from my husband. And that um, now I'm actually doing it. That I talk to him a lot more than I used to. And I'm just simply more conscious of his presence. And that my purpose is to be more Christ-like, sinless, and obey God. So in some, it's to be presence-driven and not just um, purpose-driven, but most of all, it's to please God. As Proverbs 3.5 said, this is something that I have on my wall at my work every morning. I always look at this and say, you know, to remind me that I should always trust in the Lord with all of my heart and lean not on my understanding just because if I were to lean on my understanding, there's, you know, there's no way. <laughs> it's always lean on the Lord. That's what I learned. Thank you.
You want one more? Okay. See, I can't stop them. They, they, they just keep telling what, what God, how God has been good in their lives. Last but not least, George. Good morning. I have to read something. Otherwise, baka mapasarap di tayo makapananghalian. <laughs> my name is George Francis Lanuzga. Since childhood, my parents wanted me to pursue the priesthood for the reason that ito'y magbibigay ng swerte sa pamilya. In fact, I was enrolled in a parochial school in elementary and attended seminary in high school. But that life didn't work for me, so I got out. From then on, I lived and enjoyed the pleasures of the world. Parang isang torong nakawala sa kural. But God had a purpose in my life. It was not until July 2006 when I heard the good news about eternal life and received the Lord Jesus Christ as my Lord and Savior in a Filipino church in Azusa, LA. The following month, I was baptized in that same church. As a new Christian believer, I was full of excitement and getting to know the real God and to grow more in my newfound faith. So I, start, I started to read the Bible and with the encouragement of my wife, I got involved in the church activities and ministries. After a year, I was assigned to an outreach church in Long Beach and I continued to actively participate in serving the Lord and perform the task that I was assigned to do. I enjoyed the fellowship of friends and encouragement of fellow believers. During the last quarter of 2008, despite being so involved in the church, I felt that I, I was missing out on something, but I was not really sure of what it was. There was this longing inside of me that I can fully explain and understand. I confided this with this with my wife and realized that she was feeling the same way too. I continued with my ministry, but started to pray and ask the Lord for His guidance. In the later part of 2008, God has impressed in my heart to prepare for a new ministry in a new place. I was hesitant and there were clouds hanging over my head. I have more questions than answers. Where am I going? I like the ministry I'm into and I'm already used to it. Besides, I am enjoying the company of my friends and I will miss them if I go somewhere else and so on. I was in my comfort zone, so I simply ignored God's leading. However, the impression in my heart was so intense that it just won't go away. God wanted me to move. All the while, my wife was sharing a heart to a Christian friend in the Philippines through email and she learned that her friend is now attending at CCF. Upon advice and encouragement, our friend gave us the website of CCF. From then on, I started to listen to the service in the video. Amazingly, I was able to connect with the preaching and found the teachings very interesting. Later on, I learned about the CCF International Outreach and my wife, had actually attended the Bible study in, Hal in Alhambra. At the time, there were no Sunday services yet, but only a Bible study being conducted by a CCF pastor who migrated to the U.S. by the name of Pastor Danny Perez. God directed me to another Christian church near our home, and I spent three years serving in ministry and enjoyed the fellowship of new friends and believers. 
There I experience God's faithfulness in meeting my needs, particularly my spiritual hunger for God. But in the midst of all this, God knows that there was still this desire in my heart to become part of CCF. During the last quarter of 2012, as I continued to pray and ask for guidance, the Spirit of God impressed upon me the particular command of our Lord Jesus Christ in Matthew 22, verse 37, which says, You shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, and with all your mind. This particular passage struck hard on me that I felt the guilt inside of me. I know in my heart I fell short in this. Again, this strange feeling started to bother me again. And I felt that God is telling me something. He is not done with me yet. It was in mid-April 2012 that the Lord led me and my wife to browse on the CCF website and found out that there is already a CCF service and a new location in Rosemead, just 30 minutes away from my place. I then agreed with my wife when she suggested that we pay a visit and see for ourselves how things would go. But I was still in my comfort zone. While waiting for that Sunday to come, I started praying to God to give me new direction, leading, and confirmation of whatever He impresses in my heart. Come Sunday, I attended the Sunday's worship service and it was my first time. What I experienced that day was beyond what I expected. The message was all about intimacy with God and it just spoke to me. It hit me hard because despite all my ministry work, I lacked intimacy with the Lord. I felt that God wanted me to seek Him more, develop a deeper relationship with Him and have this passion for Him instead of just being a Sunday Christian and do a bunch of work in the church. For two months now, by God's abundant grace, I have been attending CCF and Bible studies, and I want to praise and thank the Lord for my wife, the D group, and each one of you guys, and the pastors for the encouragement and keeping me spiritually alive. The messages and preaching I hear were so familiar to me, but never as radiant, vibrant, and full of life as before. God has replanted me here in CCF, and He wants me to grow and eventually to bloom. Indeed, God is still in the business of answering our prayers. To God be all the glory, praises, and thanksgiving. That's what we are all about. And we will continue until we die doing that. God's presence has made all the difference. His great commission continues to be our guiding purpose and reason for being. And this morning I just briefly would like to share with you folks the great commission is God's presence. The great commission is intimacy with God. Why is the Great Commission about God's presence or intimacy with God? Why do they speak this way? Why am I like this? 
Why did God bring me to America? I discovered why. So that my mother-in-law and my father-in-law will be saved. And here they are with us. And that to me, priceless. Priceless. My daughter was blaming us for bringing, bringing them to America. I didn't know why we were in America. There's the answer. <laughs> and it's all about bringing people to God. Why is the Great Commission intimacy with God? Because God said so. He said it. Look at Matthew 28, 18-20. Go therefore and make disciples baptizing them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe all that I commanded you, and Jeric, law, okay, I am with you always, even to the end of the age. Isn't that presence of God? I am with you always, even to the end of the age. That's the Great Commission, and therefore it's the presence of God. If if the Great Commission is the presence of God and we've been doing that as attested by these people who have been benefiting from, the pres- from, from discipleship, then it is natural for us to expect the benefits of God's presence to come upon us through the Great Commission, right? And we've been talking about this for the past four, six, four months. The presence of God and little did we know that the Great Commission has been what has been carrying us all along. In Exodus 33, this is the passage we keep on repeating about the presence of God and the benefits of being intimate with God. Moses, he said, or rather God said, my presence shall go with you and I will give you rest. And then he said to him, if your presence does not go with us, do not lead us up from here. For how then can it be known that I have found favor in your sight I and your people, is it not by your going with us so that we, I and your people, may be distinguished from all the other people who are upon the face of the earth? CCF, if we are to be faithful to the Great Commission, let let us expect the benefits of the presence of God right here, right now. And what are they? Number one, we will be favored. Whether you like it or not, you're God's favorite. I will repeat, whether you like it or not, you are God's favorite. And I would rather be favored by God. Right, Pastor Dan? Favored by God and be distinguished. Distinguished not for the, for the sake of being proud or declaring, Iba kami. No. Distinguished in the sense that people will say, I like that. I like, I like the peace. I like, I like the, the, the kind of life that he's living. I want that. That is what you mean by being favored and distinguished. And you know what? If you're favored, you will be rested. And by rested, I mean you'll be provided for and you'll be protected from. Joel, where are you? Protected from? Yes or no? Those of you who know the story of our brother Joel, you know, yes, clap your hand for God, okay? That's protection. You know, if you're protected, you will always be provided. And that's the benefit of being in the presence of God. As you pursue the Great Commission, man, that's intimacy with God. As we share the gospel, that's intimacy with God. Let's review the definition of intimacy with God and see if the Great Commission, which we stand for and why we celebrate the anniversary, is indeed intimacy with God. Intimacy with God is this. When you are close to or like best friends with God. Do you like that? I like that. 
In Timothy, when God calls you by name, on a first name basis. I, I, this is my favorite. You know, many of you know God, right? Ask people, do you know God? Of course I know God. But if you ask them, does God know you? Does God know you personally? Can he call you Reggie? Can he call you Bert? Danny? Oh yeah, I can hear you. Tony? Ah, yeah, that's me. Is God calling you by your first name? Is that how intimate God is with you? When there is no barrier, just open door policy with God. Like father, daughter, father, son, mother, daughter. Open door policy. That's intimacy with God. When you see eye to eye all the time. You know, I see God eye to eye, but I have to go like this. <laughs> Does the great commission bring about intimacy with God as divine? Answer, absolutely. I have no doubt that if you pursue the great commission, all of this, as defined with intimacy with God, will be with you. Why do I say that? Why do I say that? Look at the great commission. Go, therefore, and make disciples of all nations, evangelism, baptizing them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. He was baptized. Those of you who are baptized, that's good. That's part of it. But not, that's not complete. You know what complete is? Teaching them to observe all that I have commanded you. That's where we are all missing. And you know what? The Great Commission is about saving souls. It's about sharing the gospel and making people Christ-like. And that will make God smile. If God is pleased and God is happy with you, man, He is intimate with you. And His presence will be there. As simple as that. And I said, wow, Pastor Song, I didn't even know. When we were memorizing, go therefore and make disciples, I forgot the part, Lo, I'm with you always, even to the end of the age. I, 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 kept, I kept being focused on the, on the activity, on the job. I forgot about, Lo, I will be with you always, even into the age of the earth. Saving souls is what brings the highest glory the highest joy and the highest pleasure to God. When you realize that, you will understand why God sent His only begotten Son to die for you and me. Because it's all about your salvation. It's all about my salvation. That's why Jesus came. If you were God, would you send your Son and if you did, isn't that the most important thing for you? See, saving souls is what brings God the highest joy, the highest glory, and the highest pleasure. Making people believe in Jesus for their salvation and transformation towards Christ's likeness through Bible studies and discipleship is the very heart of the gospel and therefore the Great Commission. You will never find Fulfillment. You will never find satisfaction in simply coming to church for two hours and then go home. No. You will only find fulfillment when you see yourself becoming more and more Christ-like as people run alongside with you and encourage you to obey what God is telling you to do. And that's what's happening to us. That's what made us where we are. You think I'll be speaking to you like this if nobody paid some time and attention to look after me Check me when I'm going astray. 
Oh, believe me, it would not have been possible. God's redemption plan of humankind who will perish because of sin is realized in the Great Commission. The Great Commission is very important. Look at this. Folks, if we bring one's soul to the kingdom, God is most pleased, for it is the one closest to his heart. You know, nothing brings me joy but to see my father-in-law and mother-in-law grow. You know, every, every Wednesday, every Thursday now, we have Bible study and to just watch them grow. Watch them say, I know I'm saved. Watch them say, I'm changing. That to me brings me great joy. That's me. What about God? You know, look at, look, look, look at this story. Remember the rejoicing in, he- rejoicing in heaven for one lost soul who is redeemed? Luke 15, 3 to 7. He told them this parable saying, What man among you, if he has a hundred sheep and has lost one of them, does not leave the ninety-nine in the open pasture and go after one which is lost until he finds it? And when he has found it, he lays it on his shoulder rejoicing. And when he comes home, he calls together his friends and neighbors saying to them, Rejoice with me, I have found my sheep which was lost. I tell you that in the same way, there will be more joy in heaven over one one sinner who repents than over 99 righteous persons who need no repentance. Wow. One soul. And when God is pleased, disciples, you are the disciples, and you are the disciples at the same time, if you follow the Great Commission, there will be intimacy with God, and His presence will be with you. Amen? Again, Look at the presence-driven Moses. Look, look, what is, look what was in the heart of Moses. Moreover, you have said, I have found you, in, you by name. I have known you by name, and you have also found favor in my sight. Now, therefore, I pray you. This is Moses. If I have found favor in your sight, let me know your ways. You know, this Moses, he wanted to know God's ways. How do you know God's ways? Bible studies, right? Open your Bible. Seek godly counsel. Discover what God wants from his heart. The Great Commission is part of his heart. Did you know that? And if you will discover what God wants and know his ways, you will discover that the Great Commission is God's way and God's very heartbeat. That's why I'm excited. You know, we've been here for two years, and in spite of what we have been going through, I know the presence of God will be with us because the Great Commission is God's way and it's his heartbeat. The one recurring theme of the Bible is this. You know, listen to this. The one recurring theme of the Bible from Genesis to Revelation. Okay? In case sometimes you're lost, why, what is this whole story all about? Especially when you get to uh, Leviticus, you'll get bored, right? But you know, when you go through the whole story, please remember this one recurring theme of the Bible from Genesis to Revelation. And this is it. That the God of the universe... The great God of the universe has decided to create and set apart for himself a group of people who will praise, honor, glorify, and serve him forever and ever in heaven. And through these people, he will display his power, mercy, grace, and glory. You know, are we part of those people that God has set aside? Answer, yes. And we will be with God forever in heaven where he will show us his what? His praise, his, his, his power, His mercy and glory so that we will honor Him, glorify Him, and serve Him. That is the recurring theme of the Bible. 
you will read that from Genesis to Revelation. That's exactly what God is saying. Now, to get and redeem those people, to, you know, to make that possible, God has to redeem them from their sins. Okay? It started with the Jews and then it went to the Gentiles. That's us. He had to redeem these people so that he can gather them together in the future, in heaven, because of what Christ has done. That's why Christ was sent. And you know what, folks? The Great Commission has got something to do with that. That's God's plan. And he made that, and he gave that command through the Great Commission. So, I would like to end this message by simply saying that the Great Commission is God's delight. It's what makes God happy and excited. I will repeat that. The Great Commission is God's delight. If God is delighted, man, he's here with us. And his presence will go with you. He will give you rest. And he will distinguish you from the rest of the world. Yes. Delighting in the Great Commission is delighting in God. Right? So if you, if you want to delight in God, which, by the way, is the secret of presence-driven. If you want to be presence-driven, meaning I am preoccupied with the presence of God rather than just purpose-driven, what is the secret? Delight yourself in the Lord and He will give you the desires of your heart. Alright? Delight yourself in the Lord. Not in what He can give you. Nothing wrong with delighting in cars, in things, in money. Just like what my daughter is saying. But that's not enough. You know what God wants? He for you to delight in Him and Him and Him alone for who He is. Not the things He gives. What does that mean? Get excited with God. Expect God to be God. Always the winner, the victor, the winner. You know, every time you walk through the valley and then you see something very different, delight yourself in God and you will see, oh, kaya ni God to. God will be the victor anyway. So I will walk and still smile no matter what happens. But if you're looking at things and the things he gives you and takes away, all of a sudden you're discouraged because they're gone. Because you don't delight in God but delight in the things he gives you. But if you can delight in God, you will enjoy God. You will really enjoy God. And you know, try it. Try to focus on God and you will begin to enjoy God. Whatever you're going through right now, okay? Know that your God can carry you through and whatever God promised you, He will deliver. Won't that make you smile? <laughs> enjoy dito. Enjoy. I haven't seen it, pero enjoy na ako. Okay? That's what I'm trying to say. Delighting in the Great Commission is delighting in God. The Great Commission is not a job. It's not a set of do's and don'ts so that you can earn points. Because if that happens to you, just like what happens to our brother here, it will become a drag. Just like what my daughter was saying, you know, going through the motion, etc., etc., it's, it's, it's okay at start. But, you know, if, if you don't have any sense of purpose, you go to church to be entertained. Wrong. You go to church to take wrong. You come to church because you want to give. You come to church because you are looking for people that you can minister to and help and disciple. Then you will find delight and joy in what you're doing. Instead, the Great Commission is what will make you enjoy and delight in God. I repeat, in God. I'm sure my brother Tony is delighting in God right now. He's got a brand new heart. Okay? He's got wired. 
all over him. Okay? So if you want to put a magnet beside him, he will stop. Okay? You know? I am delighting in God because of all the things that I see around. If you are not being discipled, folks, and I'll end here. If you're not being discipled or discipling others now, maybe this, this paradigm will change your mind. Maybe this time, if God, you're sitting there and say, I, am I being discipled? Am I discipling others? If you're, never, if you're neither in, in that direction, I hope that this paradigm, that the Great Commission will bring delight to you and it's delighting in God will help you. What is it about the Great Commission that will make you delight and enjoy God? Let's talk about the future. Future. The Great Commission is God's way to heaven. Don't you like that? I like that. Of being in God's glorious presence forever in joy and happiness after this earthly life. Imagine your family members right now who don't know the Lord. While you will be going to heaven. That's not good, is it? But still, right? Because the Great Commission is all about the future, is all about God's way to heaven, I would like to challenge you that if you pursue it and you can bring your family and loved ones with you in heaven, it will make you excited and delighted about the Great Commission and be delighted about God because that's God's intention, to bring you and your loved ones to heaven and enjoy Him forever. It is salvation from Damnation and torture of hell reserved for those who reject and defy the living God. Many people in this country are defying the living God. Yes or no? Many people in this country are defying the living God. And you know what? They are going to hell. Not because I say so, but because God said so. Whereas we, we who believe in God and delight in the Great Commission, are going to be with Him forever in eternity. And all we need to do is to be burdened by that and share that with as many people as we can, especially our loved ones, so that they too can be with heaven in heaven with us. Just this morning or just last night, I saw I saw a a, a an email which says Chick Fil A under attack, Chick Fil A under attack for defending traditional marriage. Did you see that? Dan Cathy's is the owner, I think, of of, of Chick Fil A. He has she had, he had a very strong stance on behalf of biblical approach to marriage. Um, in being taken by the left as an anti-gay message. And it has sparked a firestorm from coast to coast. Right here in America, folks. That's why we are burdened to be the kind of Christians that we need to be. Because we are overwhelmed by people who are anti-God. The whole world is being swamped by people who think they're doing the world justice by being anti-God. And you know what, what these people say? Like, for example, Chicago, Chicago mayor, you know this guy, Rami Manuel? You know what he said? He denounced Chick-fil-A's uh, program, Cathy's uh, um, pro-traditional pro marriage stance and said, Chick-fil-A's values are not Chicago's values. They're not respectful of our residents, our neighbors, our family members. If you're going to be part of the Chicago community, you should reflect Chicago values. Meaning what? Chick-fil-A out of Chicago. That's what he's saying. Right? Chicago Alderman uh, Joe Moreno announced he is working to block the fast food company from opening a new store in his ward because of, of Cathy's stance. Sad, right? Boston Mayor Thomas M. Menino told Chick-fil-A they were not welcome, they were not welcome to do business in Boston. 
right? Jim Henson Company, inventors of the Muppet Show, okay? You know what did they say? Choose to take side of the gay marriage and announce it was ending a planned promotional campaign with a fast food company. I don't have anything against gays. God loves them too, right? But, you know, all this guy is doing is supporting what God said. Marriage is between a man and a woman. Because God said so. And when he took his stand, these people are killing him. Right? Actress Roseanne. Okay? Anyone who eats Chick-fil-A deserves to get cancer that is sure to come from eating antibiotics filled with tortured chickens for Christ. Can you believe that? You know, here's what I have to say, guys. I want you to enjoy God and delight in your God. Because your God is just, your God is good, your God is fair, and He's going to do what He said He will do. This is what He said in 2 Thessalonians 1, 7-10. When the Lord Jesus will be revealed from heaven with His mighty angels in flaming fire, dealing out retribution to those who do not know God and to those who do not obey the gospel of our Lord Jesus, this will pay the penalty of eternal destruction away from the presence of the Lord and from the glory of His power. When He comes to be glorified to His saints, in his saints on that day who be marveled at among all who believe. What am I trying to say? The, folks, the God who said, let's do the great commission is the very same God who is sovereign and he will punish those who refuse to believe in what God wants us to believe. God is absolutely so- sovereign and he will make this certainly happen. What am I trying to tell you guys? Delight in your God because our God is more powerful than all of these guys Whatever they can do. Whatever we're facing right now, I will just delight in God. Do what you're told. Save souls. Disciple people. And God will take care of the rest. What about delighting, uh, what about the great commission that will make you delight and enjoy God for the here and now? Okay, that's for the future. What about the here and now? This is what I like. The great commission, if you're going to be discipled, it is good because it will change, you are going to be changed by God to be a brand new person capable of being Christ-like. Second Corinthians 5.17 If any man is in Christ, he is a new creation. You know, aren't you, aren't you wondering how come something happened to you because you're a better person now probably? I asked my father-in-law, Dad, are you a changed person now? Oh yeah. I said, Dad, can you give me examples of why you're a changed person? He said, it's a long story, okay? But he's saying he has changed. And if I ask my mother-in-law, Mom, did God, did the dad change already? My mother-in-law will say, yes. She doesn't kill me anymore. He doesn't kill me anymore for cooking the wrong way. Okay? <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. My father-in-law is a good man. But the point I'm trying to say is this. Here and now, you will be changed by God because of the Great Commission. Tessa. Fiod, Denise, uh, Edwin, our brother. Can you imagine how that evolved? Imagine now how many people have been changed by Christ to become selfless and others-oriented. I like that. Don't you? And if you like that, I think you will delight in the Great Commission to delight in God. Here and now, it is being faithful to know the will and the commands of God to obey them even if it does not seem favorable, but with the certainty that God will reward those who trust and obey them just the same. Right? It is to taste the goodness of God, to love Him enough to love the unlovable others from 
for him resulting in great relationship with others. Here's, here's my simple, simple, I guess, encouragement to all. If you want your relationships to improve, husband and wife, parents, children, whatever, even office, okay, all you have to do is to delight in God. If you delight in God, you will fall in love with God. And if you fall in love with God, that's the only time that you can love the unlovable. Because God said, number one, love me with all of your heart, with all of your soul, with all of your mind. How can you do that if you don't even know what God can do for you or who He is? But if you know how sovereign He is and how much in control He is, uh, that He will reward your goodness and even punish the evil people, then you will be on His side and you will delight in Him. You will fall in love with Him. And when you fall in love with Him, it's easy to love the unlovable. Who is that? The guy next seated to you. Just kidding. God is delightful indeed, isn't he? Amen? God is delightful. Again, the Great Commission is God's delight. The Great Commission is God's delight. It's God's presence. It is intimacy with God. So, if God has been good to CCF LA over the last two years because of our faithfulness to the Great Commission, imagine what it will be like the coming 5, 10, 20 of being Great Commission driven. I think we will be deeper in His presence, we'll be more favored, rested, and distinguished. Don't you agree? If we will be great commission driven, then we will be more favored, more rested, and more distinguished. Surely, delightful. Let's pray. Father, Lord Jesus, God in heaven, we just want to thank you for your, for your great commission. Little did we know that this is what will bring delight to you. I did not know as much as I do now. But Lord, together with all of the people who share this burden of becoming a blessing to others by being discipled and discipling others, Lord, we pray that you will make our eyes be even more and our hearts even more open to the fact that you want us to pursue the Great Commission, that of sharing the gospel with people and leading people to become more and more Christ-like. Father, we just want to thank you that you have been faithful to us this past two years. And we pray that you will be more faithful to us as we continue to commit our lives to delight in your great commission. Thank you, Lord. Bless our time together now. And as we continue to um, look the, into the future, Father, I pray that your presence will go with us. In Christ's name we pray. Life transformation question, okay? Very simple. If we have the time, if not, it's fine because I know we exceeded the time. Uh, just a question. If you will find the time to ask this question for yourself. Number one, if the Great Commission is delighting in God, if the Great Commission is delighting in God to be deeper in His presence, what is stopping me from, from being discipled, sorry, so I can start discipling others, okay? That's a personal question that I would like you to ask yourself. Number two, 
Do I have someone to disciple me? Is there someone right now to disciple me? Someone I invited personally to step into my life to check on my spiritual formation, Christ-likeness on a regular basis. You know, Pastor Song and I, uh, when we wanted to become discipled, we asked someone. We approached someone. Uh, Pastor Peter or Pastor Dennis, can you, can you spend time with me because I need your help? That's the way it starts. You know, don't expect people to approach you and say, uh, George, I want to disciple you. It's not going to work. You know why? Because George will say, hey, right? So if you want to be discipled, and I mean, you want to delight in the Great Commission, pray for someone. You know, I'm here, Pastor Insong is here, the other guys are here, right? Say, but you have to make the first move. Okay? Uh, Pastor Danny, I want, I want you to step into my life and check on my progress. Can you? And you know, we, you will never expect us to say no. Okay? The least that we can do is say, you know what, I have 20 already, and I will assign you to someone, but I will make sure that you're okay. And then, um, if there is none, can you ask yourself the question, when can I have one? Okay? Who and when? So, thank you very much. Happy second anniversary. And we will have a lot of food here. Okay? Um, if you don't want to eat, it's your loss, okay? But if you want to eat, you can stay with us. And Pastor Insong will have a few announcements before we do that. Yeah. Kantahan naman natin yung pastor natin, okay? Ready? Happy birthday to you. Happy birthday to you, dear Danny. Happy birthday, dear Danny. Happy birthday to you. You know, God is so good. Kahit na ilang taon na, five to pa rin siya. We really see eye to eye. <laughs> okay, I'd just like to share something with you. Um, well... As Pastor Dan already announced, we have a lot of food over here. I'm going to pray for the food in a, in a short while. And we now have three midweek Bible study locations. Praise God. Tuesdays in West Covina. Thursday, as Pastor Danny mentioned, is now uh, Wednesday moved to Thursday in Burbank. And we have the third one Fridays in Lakewood. Praise God. And the offering box is here. For your giving, we don't pass around the offering plate. We believe that God will speak to you as to what you want to give back to Him for the expansion of the ministry. We don't take anything for ourselves from your offering. Everything goes to the work of the ministry. And um, as the cloud moves, the people move, right? So we are 99.99%. To move. All we need is a ball pen. We need a ball pen to sign the amended contract. And we need the ball pen to sign our first month's rent. It's in the works. They have already agreed to the amendments that our treasurer, Brother Edwin, had communicated to them. This is a standalone facility. We have Sunday school facilities. We have our own 
the place sits 150. It stands by itself. There's parking. There's air conditioning. We get to use their equipment that's already in place. So it's like we just move in. So when the cloud moves, where do the people go? Wherever the cloud goes. So please um, watch for your email announcement. I don't want to announce it officially, quote-unquote, right now until we sign the contract. And as Pastor Danny mentioned, Pastor Peter Tanchi will be in town. He's actually coming to L.A. just to preach. He's just coming to L.A. to preach. He's going. Three or four pastors from Manila are coming to California. Some of them are going to attend a seminar here. But Pastor Peter is attending the seminar in Northern California to be with his daughter. But he's flying in on Saturday. He's preaching on Sunday. And he flies back to Sacramento Sunday afternoon. So what does that tell us? He wants to be with us. Praise God. Amen? So, without further ado, you know the questions. Because we're having a lot of food, that means we have a lot of time. So while you're eating, ask this. And if God has already impressed upon you, I'm number one, number two, or number three. You know, and if you're moved by the Spirit of God to approach some of our leaders and say, I want to be involved in discipleship, then please, by all means, approach us. Can we all pray for the food? And pray a special blessing on our Pastor Danny. Heavenly Father, we thank you for giving us, first, the spiritual food through your word. Indeed, Father, you have blessed us so much and we cannot say thank you enough to you. We also praise you and thank you for the provision of food that is prepared for our nourishment. Lord God, thank you for everyone who has contributed to this sumptuous meal that we can celebrate two years of your faithfulness, Lord, to CCFLA. And lastly, Father, we pray a special blessing upon our Pastor Danny, Lord. Would you just continue to bless him in every aspect of his life, Lord, especially his health, Lord God. He's been encountering many health issues, but you are Jehovah Rapha, you are the God who heals. So, Father, we just pray that you will touch his body, heal him completely, Lord, so, so that he may serve you with many, many more years here on this earth as he fulfills the Great Commission. Father, we thank you so much. And even if words are not enough to express, Lord God, you know that we thank you from the bottom of our hearts. So thank you, Lord, and continue to bless our time of fellowship. May everything bring glory and honor to yourself. For this is our prayer in Jesus' name. And everyone said, Amen. Happy birthday to you. Happy birthday to you. Happy birthday, dear Danny. Happy birthday to you.